for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. As some of you may know or may not know, my name is Tom Quiet. I am the host of the Live and Amplified Livecast, and today is our second annual PanCan Fundraiser Podcast Marathon, um, you know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it is a 24-hour marathon. We're going to be going strong straight until midnight tonight, so 24 hours. Um, and yeah, we're gonna have some great musicians come on. Some of them are gonna, some of them are gonna play some music. Most of them are just gonna come on and chat. It's gonna be a more of a podcast style. But I asked a few musicians to come on and play some music. Um, and yeah, it's gonna be really exciting. I just wanted to kind of jump on here a little bit earlier, earlier, because our first guest isn't gonna jump on until about twelve uh, twenty. We got Homer Mars joining us. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a really good time. We have a full stack lineup, 33 musicians, uh, maybe a little bit less because, you know, haven't gotten 100% confirmation from everyone and got a couple of people that are coming down with the bug, you know, the winter sludge, whatever you want to call it. So yeah, it's going to be an exciting time. Uh, just kind of give you my background as to why we launched the PanCan podcast marathon fundraiser or the live and amplified podcast marathon fundraiser for PanCan. Um, so last year, 2021 in March, I was driving home from Roswell, New Mexico, my buddy and partner in crime, Jeff Cabana, we were recording a radio show and we had to do that out in Roswell, New Mexico. Cause that's where the show aired. Um, and on my way home, I got a call from my mother saying that she had been, or no, she didn't say she had been diagnosed with cancer at that point, that they, she'd went in for a CAT scan or an MRI or something. I'm not a medical professional, so I don't know exactly what tests they ran. Um, and they found a, a mass in her pancreas. And after talking to a few people, they automatically just assume it's cancerous because of where it was located, but we didn't have any information, 100% information yet. So driving home, obviously you're beating yourself up. You're beating yourself up about just like the worst that could possibly happen. And then uh, get home, you know, it's like super late, all that weird stuff and a couple days go by they confirm it's late stage four pancreatic cancer so we were stuck in a bind because my sister lives up in uh northwest indiana or central indiana i don't necessarily know how they consider it she lives like right there um so she lives in northwest indiana my parents live in South Florida. I live in Texas. So there's a, an interesting situation there 
And my dad asks if an, either one of us could come out for a week to look after our mother while he gets a few things squared away because they were getting ready to go on a summer long boat trip. So, you know, just kind of handling all that stuff. So my sister really couldn't at that point because of her job, but luckily my job, I was already remote. So as long as I was able to continue working remote, it wasn't a big issue. Cool. So that happens. We find out she doesn't have very long. And my dad asks if I could stay. And I told him, yes, I'll stay. And I stayed in Florida until my mother passed away. But during that time, we found the PanCan organization. And I wanted to do something, even if my mother, even originally it was to help my mother, but we kind of came to terms that it there wasn't really much we were going to be able to do. Money wasn't the biggest issue that we were dealing with at the time. So my dad said, no, just do something. If you want to do something, do something to fight pancreatic cancer or, you know, help the next family. And so from PanCan and we started working some things out. They told me in November was World Pancreatic Cancer Day. Um, and I misunderstood that what date they said. And so instead of doing it on World Pancreatic Cancer Day, the first fundraiser that we did here, I did it the day after because I didn't understand that they, or I didn't realize that they had said whatever the Thursday was. I just automatically assumed it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, so that was kind of a fun little Haha, gotcha, dum dum. But anyways, so um so that started getting into motion and obviously dealing with that, dealing with my mother, dealing with live and amplified, dealing with my nine to five job, there was a lot going on at the time. And this started to take a backseat because there's other pressing situations. And so come July when my mother passed away. I had kind of forgotten about doing the PanCan fundraiser until September, I want to say September, October. And I had a few people reaching out to me saying, hey, are we still doing this fundraiser thing? Because I think we should. And so, you know, got me back into the swing of things. And, you know, it's uh, it was hard that first year. And I think I made it a lot harder on myself, but you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you just kind of got to deal with it. And so that brings us to this year, our second annual. And last year we did three days. Uh, it was three 18 hour days, which was insanity. Uh, and so this, this time around this year, we're only going to do one day, but 24 hours, which is still pretty insane. But I think three 18-hour days versus one 24-hour day, my body can handle it. I think I'll be all right. So that being said, it's important for everyone to know that if you're interested in donating, there should be a scan QR code right here. Yep, right there. Um, so if you're interested in donating, just scan right there. Also, 
you are able to any other types of uh, revenue that we draw off of this uh, stream today, whether it's AdSense revenue, whether it's tips, whether it's bits, whether it's subscriptions, whether it's merch sold, any other revenue that we draw today will also get donated. So I just want to make sure that that's in the everybody knows and I will be doing my best to keep reminding everybody as people kind of come in and what have you. So um, before our first guest shows up, Homer Mars, um, I just want to play a little video kind of explaining what PanCan is. It's kind of a combination of a multiple videos, but it's like a 10 minute video. So I want to play that before Homer Mars uh, shows up. And yeah, so let's just jump into that. I've been researching pancreas cancer for about 20 plus years. Um, when I began my career, um, I was looking for an area to specialize in. Um, and uh, I met my mentor who was working in pancreas cancer. He was one of the few people at that time who was uh, researching this disease. And it really felt like uh, this was a place where I could make a difference in my career. And so I started working with him and I have been working and researching pancreas cancer ever since. Early detection, um, in my opinion, um, has really um, uh, the most important role to play in terms of improving survival and outcomes in this, in this otherwise deadly disease. When we look at patients who are diagnosed at an earlier stage and are able to successfully undergo surgery, those patients typically live a lot longer and do better um, than the ones, um, uh, unfortunately, who are diagnosed at a more advanced stage uh, of their disease. And so, so for me, um, I think if we can diagnose more patients at a point where we can get them to surgery and get the tumor out, um, there really is um, an, an enormous opportunity of, of improving outcomes. Um, the challenge with pancreas cancer has always been that uh, unfortunately most of our patients present with uh, what we call metastatic or advanced disease. Um, and in that case, the, the, the tumor is not operable. The surgeon can't take it out. Um, and so um, if we can diagnose this tumor early, that's our best shot at um, improving the chance of uh, long-term survival. So the early detection initiative that PanCan has launched um, is one of its uh, larger initiatives along with PanCan's Precision Promise. The early detection initiative is the largest randomized trial to identify patients early in their disease, get them to surgery, and therefore improve survival. A trial of this size has really not ever been done, focused entirely on pancreas cancer, so it's a really ambitious effort. The goal of this trial is to use new onset diabetes as an entry point to identify individuals who may be at uh, high risk for pancreas, pancreas cancer, get them into the trial, um, and then provide the ones who are at the highest risk spectrum with imaging studies, um, blood-based assays, um, and really um, approach this whole question of early detection, which has been such a challenge for many decades, um, at a level that has never been done before. Well, to me, what I think makes PanCan so different is its ability to embrace ideas that are, that are out of the box, but which need to be done for us to make a difference in this disease.
Ford life-saving pancreatic cancer research. Research for patients. Research for those we've lost. Research for all of us. Make a gift today to support critical patient services and life-saving research for pancreatic cancer patients and their families. Donate today at pancan.org. So um, I am currently in uh, the lab of Dr. Laura Wood at Johns Hopkins School of Medicine in the Department of Pathology. I really feel like it's important that I be a part of this work because pancreatic cancer is one of the most aggressive types. And most of that is due to the fact that it is diagnosed at such a later stage. And so, yeah, particularly for me, I thought it was, um, out of all the cancers I've researched throughout my career, uh, pancreatic cancer seems to be where the most need is and where I really feel like I found uh, amazing people and have found uh, an actual project that I really think will make an impact in early detection of pancreatic cancer. There are uh, several marginalized groups that are more heavily impacted by pancreatic cancer in the United States. And so, honestly, the biggest thing for these groups to keep in mind is the importance of early detection, the importance of screening. Um, for those groups that have a family history of pancreatic cancer, they are even more. So um, looked at as the perfect population to get early screening and to be involved in some of the studies that are happening even now amongst pancreatic cancer researchers in the United States. And so. I would definitely encourage them to um, get involved, to find a, a PCP, ask that PCP, hey, you know, where can I go to get tested, and to really understand what their genetic makeup is and how they might be predisposed to uh, this cancer. The kind of first introduction I've had to the greater um, opportunities of raising money for pancreatic research was through the Purple Stride walks. And so from seeing those walks and getting to learn about PanCan from there, I knew for sure it was an organization that I wanted to be a part of because not only is the research component important to me, and I do love being in the lab and being able to produce uh, data, advocacy is also really important to me as well. November is Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month. I support pancreatic cancer research in memory of my brother, Daniel. You can change the course of pancreatic cancer for all of us by supporting research. Research for Daniel, research for those we've lost, research for patients, research for all of us. Donate today at pancan.org. I'm Julie Fleshman, President and CEO of PanCan. Today is World Gratitude Day, and I just wanted to take a moment to thank you for your heartfelt gifts of time, energy, talent, and donations to PanCan. Every day, you are changing patients' lives. You are making progress possible. Pancreatic cancer researchers couldn't do what they do without you. Our PanCan patient services team couldn't support patients and families without you. For all that you do and all that you give, I'm so grateful. You are truly remarkable and I am filled with gratitude. Thank you, it's two words that I don't want it to get lost. Thank you for helping patients find clinical trials that are right for them, giving them more time with their families. Thank you for being there for people facing pancreatic cancer. You gave families like mine a place to turn to for one-on-one -on -one personal support from PanCan Patient Services. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for making PanCan what it is today. 
a bright, shining light of hope for so many patients and their family members in need. Without you, there would be no PanCan. PanCan was a great help and comfort after I was diagnosed. Thank you for all that you do to support our mission. As a recipient of one of the 2021 Career Development Awards, I'm truly grateful for the opportunity to do this research and become a part of this community. Because of you, I am able to work on making new research discoveries. And I hope we can beat this together. Thank you. Thank you for raising awareness about pancreatic cancer. You make our community stronger. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is a battle I never thought I'd fight. For loved ones, for the memories, and for the future. We are here for each other, to connect with one another. And if we work as a team, pancreatic cancer patients won't just survive, but thrive. Join me on Saturday, April 30th at PanCan Purple Stride and take steps to end pancreatic cancer. One nation, one goal, one big day. Register now at purplestride.org. I'm Julie Fleshman, PanCan's president and CEO. I'm thrilled to share that the five-year survival rate for pancreatic cancer has gone up to 11%. Every bit of progress means more time with loved ones. You helped make this possible. Because of you, PanCan is investing in research to create an early detection strategy and accelerate new and better treatment options. Because of you, we provide free services that help patients find specialists and access testing. Although we continue to make progress because of you, we also know there is so much more work to be done. We will continue to take bold action on behalf of people facing this disease. If you have pancreatic cancer, please reach out to PanCam Patient Services for help. To ensure there is continued progress in survival rates through more research and that there is support for patients and families, please make a donation today at PanCan.org. All right, everybody. Well, it looks like we've got Homer in the building. Let me bring him up here. Hey, how's it going, man? Wow, I'm your first guest. Oh, my God. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. How are things going? Oh. Uh, I'm glad to have you here, man. I'm very glad to be here. I'll, I'll change my, my splashy lights to something a little bit more easy to do. How's this? No, it's all good. It's all good. Good. Um, but yeah, like you'd mentioned, you're our first guest of the eve or of the day, evening. I don't even know what time of day it is anymore. Uh, um, over here where I am in um, LA, it's 10:20 p.m. Gotcha. So, so not, from the past because it's still Wednesday where I am. You're all the way in Thursday. Yes, I'm in the future, um, which is weird to say because usually I'm talking to people that are already in the future. So. This is kind of a weird turnout for me, but excited to have you here. This is the kickoff of our 24-hour podcast marathon for pancreatic cancer research benefiting PanCan, which is an important organization for me as it helped me a lot dealing through my mother passing from pancreatic cancer. And, you know, so I just want to every year during World Pancreatic Cancer Day or Awareness Day, which is 
Thursday, not Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I'm really excited for you to be here, sit down and chat. The last time we had you on the podcast, what's it been, like three, four months? Yeah, I think it was like August, maybe July. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, I'm still cloaked in purple. It was perfect. So I'm wearing my purple robe because it's bedtime. And uh, I I noticed it was a coincidence that I had sent you photos from my purple photo shoot and your pen. Pancan's awareness color, pancreatic cancer's awareness yeah. color, purple, right? So yep. I found this nice purple light to bathe in as well. So nice. That's awesome. And I honestly, I didn't even put two and two together because on your face, in that photo that you're specifically referring to, yeah. on your face, it looks a little bit more pink. But then after, now that you mention it, looking back at it, it's like, yep, that was definitely purple. Uh, pink, purple. I mean, it kind of it depends on the source a little bit, right? I might, I might. That is very true. That is very true. Some of your viewers. But, um, yeah, so really excited to sit down and chat with you a little bit more. I know you just dropped a uh, a new single, right? I'm about get, to drop a new single. About to yeah, drop. I've seen the flyers different. for it. So It's very different from uh, my last several, so I'm very excited about it. It's kind of, it's a pop punk song. Okay. Um, and uh, it's more, it's very electric guitar. Um, I, I've done stuff like that in the past. I don't know. I, did you watch my um, It's Amazing music video with uh, Gia Gunn and the other drag queens? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, so it, it's in the vein of that musically. It's much more of uh, that, like, you know, um, mm-hmm. pop punk, uh, harder rocking. Because um, I was playing with a with a uh, band all summer, and it was just a really fun song. It's called He's a Bitch. It's very light and tongue-in-cheek, and it's uh, – very gay <laughs> in the good way. And it's just, you know, it's just about a, a guy who's like, it's like a frenemy, you know, it's like a yeah. guy that you're friends with, but you don't want to be, but you kind of do. And he's a user, but whatever, that's just him. So that's, that's, he's a bitch is the song. And if you notice the artwork is um, actually the artist I hooked up with is um, hooked up figuratively yeah. is, um, is in Texas as well. You're in Waco, right? Yep. I'm in Waco. So this guy is in Austin. Um, okay. In that's Waco. about an hour and a half from me. Yeah, so. artist named Nathan Dance who does a lot of. So I just discovered through the magic of Instagram because he likes to draw um, men, and I had a friend who he had drawn several times, and I thought, wow, I'd really like that to be the cover. So it's uh, cover of the single is uh, two guys kissing, but one is stealing the other's wallet. Uh, as the- that's what was going on. I was <laughs> like, I, I remember the vague thing, but then I couldn't remember specifically what was happening. Like the- a lot of people are missing that detail, which I kind of feel funny about. Cause I'm like, I mean, nothing against like two hot guys kissing as the cover of your single, but like, that's, that's not what it's there's, you know, look closer. You'll see something interesting. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. so that it's a, it's a straightforward song. I, um, uh, just actually found out a blog called havoc underground is going to premiere it. Um, have you heard of them? No, I've not. I've not. I, 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 I haven't either, but I found them recently. And yeah, um, yeah uh, so that comes out the 29th. Nice. And hey, um, so a yeah. little less than two weeks. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm calling it a gay rock frenemy catharsis. Sweet. I dig it. <laughs> that's, that's what's up. You brought that's up, though, finding the art. You brought up finding the artist for your cover art on Instagram. And actually it's kind of funny because Instagram was the only way I was able to fill out like these really weird time slots for this thing, because I thought in my, the back of my head, I'm like, okay, from midnight to about 4:30 AM, that's going to be the hardest time slots to fill mm-hmm. because you know, it's like, 
super not early enough or it's not late enough in the uk that they can come on because it'll still be like 6 a.m mm-hmm. but it's, it's still not late enough out in like you australia or more, new zealand yeah it's gonna say you need more um musicians in hawaii yeah and actually i had a few i had a few that were like ready to jump on but then i never heard back from them and i'm like guys like let's do this but you know yeah i i'm sorry i mean i i yeah i can imagine i mean i think you did this last year right or is this your first year doing nope did it last year i I don't know is your secret red bull or coffee or are you totally au natural but i would imagine somewhere around 1 p.m tomorrow you're gonna really hit a wall um well right now my secret is monster so Mm. that's that's my secret um Mm -hmm. but you know so i had a last time i did this it wasn't 24 it was three three days but it was like 18 hour days so it was like get up at 6 a.m and then go until midnight or so so that's so i was that's eight yeah 18 hours a day what's three times 18 is like 20 it's like 54 hours yeah something like that oh my goodness and but the kicker was i was finding it hard to like fill all those slots because it's like an hour's too long to like sit here and expect people to yeah kind of chat but 30 minutes it's like what's the point and so like this year it was like 40 45 minutes that's about the perfect time Mm -hmm. and it's not like burdensome on people and worse comes to worse i could force through 40 minutes before you know or you can always do what um uh oh my gosh i can't think i can't believe i'm blanking on his name andy kaufman did and just read them the great gatsby that's funny that would that was very funny yeah yeah um but yeah no last year it was three days and by the second day uh cedar season had hit and so my allergies were on fire Wow! and so i'm sitting there in between i had scheduled it to where i had like a 10 minute break between each interview and i would end each interview five minutes early turn my computer up as loud as I can and then just face plant on my desk right here until I heard them like say so-and-so has entered the room and oh, then it's no. like all right let's go and then oh, that, those 15 minute naps would get me through the day <sighs> but I was also like pounding allergy meds and so oh. by like 4 or 5 p.m it was like I didn't even know who I was where I was what yeah. I was doing that's when the conversations got really cool um cool is a subjective term i guess (laughs) um it got to a point where i at there i remember this because i'm good friends with this musician i went back and listened to the interview i asked her the same question three times (gasps) whoa and And did she just like gracefully kind of act as though each time it was the first yes Oh. And I, I she was from um, the UK and she came to Memphis in like July or August. And so I drove out to Memphis and uh, I brought it up. I was like, hey, did you realize during the pandemic last year, I asked you the same question three times? She's like, yeah, but I understood that you'd been up for like 36 hours. So I just kind of went with it. And I'm like, gosh, the British people are so polite. I need to be. I appreciate that. that to me, I would be like, you're not listening. <laughs> Uh, but I think luckily I had like worded it differently, like worded it a little bit differently, yeah. but you know, it's just kind of like, uh, oh, that sucks. But, yeah. um, 
but yeah, so I'm, I'm happy to be your first, your guinea pig. I mean, and then you'll, you'll you'll entirely forget whatever we talked about in in no eh, time because I'm one of, how many of you? Uh, how many of me are there for you? Like fifty? Thirty-three. Oh my goodness. Easy. Well, on the good schedule, good smashing song by the way. Thirty-three. Yeah, good smashing yes. song. Yes. Right now it's 33. I have a feeling it'll probably be about 30 because I had somebody message me saying that they were starting to come down with something. So they didn't know if they're going to be like their a cedar allergy. They have a cedar allergy. No, it wasn't. See, like they just like the flu or something. And so it was like, OK. And then there's two other people that I just not heard back from. Like, mm. I've been like, you know how I've been. Are you Instagramming you? them? Is that how you're communicating mostly? Well, because I'm finding out and nobody's getting my emails. Oh, okay. Like well, I've, good. I've emailed like so. I've emailed everybody Sunday. I emailed everybody Monday. I got your emails. Yeah. Yeah. I emailed, yeah. Like you saw how frequently I was emailing. I got twelve messages today. Hey, are you sending us any emails with uh, the information we need to log on tonight? And I'm like, all right. This is why I don't email anybody. I had a PR agent get mad at me because I was texting all their clients. And I was like, nobody misses, nobody purposely or accidentally misses a text message. People will accidentally miss an email. But yeah. if I text you, you're either ignoring me on purpose or you just, you're not a good texter. One of the two, but yeah, it's, it's a, uh, it's a whole thing. It's a, it's a real whole yeah. thing, but, um, so you got this new single jumping out here mm -hmm. at the end of the month. Uh, mm -hmm. What's kind of the uh, plan as far as like promoting it? Are you doing shows around it or? Um, no, I've, I've done shows. I've, I've, I've been doing shows pretty steadily this summer and fall. Um, most recently I did this really fun show in San Francisco called Barrison Street Fair. Um, oh, yeah. I just know if your listeners don't know, I'm kind of in a niche market. Oops. Um, I, uh, you know, I'm a member of the LGBT uh, bear community. And so uh, a lot of my lyrics are kind of stem rooted in that. Um, and so uh, there's a, a whole street festival um, in San Francisco called Barrison Street Fair. It's on Harrison Street. So they call it Barrison Street. For the, um, so I actually traveled there in October and played there. Um, that was my first time doing that. I was worried it was going to be cold because it was uh, San Francisco and it was October. Yep. Um, but it wasn't too cold. It was great. And um, uh, that I played that solo and I had played Burbank Pride a couple weeks prior, um, which is a relatively new thing. Um, but no, I, I'm trying to get I'm trying to get more shows on the calendar. It's just it's tricky this time of year. You know, it's like if you don't line them up in September. Um, you know, it can be hard. So I, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to have a video for this song um, because mm -hmm. it lends itself well to like a comedy, like a comedic video, um, which I, I've done stuff like that before. But uh, so I have I have an idea in mind and hopefully I'll be able to do that. But it would at this point that would not be able to come out until like January. Yeah, for sure. I feel that. So I so right now I'm just, you know, I'm sending it to blogs um, and mm -hmm. uh, getting some positive of like feedback of like yes we'll cover it no we won't cover it um we'll see yeah yeah for sure and now that you bring that up that's when we that's when our podcast was it was like right at the beginning of pride month or right before pride month probably yeah um because i remember 
at the time, so I work for a TV station, and one of our executive producers is a member of the LGBTQ community, and he wanted to do a Pride Month news special. And I was working with him on building out, like, all the graphics for this news special. And he was mad at me because I made it too gay. As if anything can be. Because I'm sitting there, I'm just like, he was like, I want it to be taken seriously, but I don't want it to be like rainbows and all this stuff. And I'm like, all right, so... It's hard because it's like companies that want to do stuff for pride are just going to get criticized no matter what they do. It's like Mm -hmm. you have to put something rainbow on there or it's Mm -hmm. not pride. But then as soon as you put a rainbow on it, you get criticized for like, oh, you're just putting rainbows on it and saying that's pride. But it's like you can't not, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it was also one of those things where then we had somebody that was a member of the um, LGBTQIA plus community and he wanted us to include that part of the like i i think I, we should just call it the rainbow community it's just easier to say yes what i mean it's, because every few years we add another letter of the alphabet to it it's getting really yeah. long and clunky yeah. and people get more and more uncomfortable about are they saying it wrong yeah. so i mean everyone likes rainbows that's why like you know they're supposed to be all-encompassing so let's just call it that call it the rainbow yeah. community just yeah, <laughs> and that that was the thing. It was like I had finally had gotten everything kind of worked out to where it looked cool. It was could be taken, quote unquote, seriously, and it wasn't too gay and all right. this stuff. And then they come in and he's like, "Oh, you got to add this whole other section of colors." Yeah, and I'm like, "Well, you just threw off everything." Yeah, it's civil thing. I, 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 yeah. I mean, it's. Uh... You just got to do the best you can and uh, and try to be like, is, is this what we're going with this year? And you know, yeah. if it changes next year, then we just change it next year, I guess. Yeah, 100%. But yeah, so. but uh, well, Pride Month is in June. And so I played a couple of shows here for a couple different ones here. And then, but uh, Burbank Pride was actually in September. So that's okay. kind of a new thing they're trying. And that was a family show, mm-hmm. which my, <laughs> I basically had to play like uh, covers and yeah. I played, um, uh, I played some, um, like I played a modified version of a song that I have uh, that's, that's kind of kid friendly. But most of my lyrics, especially as you'll hear when you hear my new song, He's a Bitch, are very not kid friendly. Uh, so I was like excited to have the show, but I was like, oh my God, what am I going to play? Because they were very clear, like it, this is a family show. So the mm-hmm. lyrics, subject matter, and no F bombs, but also just the subject matter needs to be, you know, safe for. And, but 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 I thought that was cool too because that that was one way I think they were trying to differentiate themselves um, from yeah. some of the other festivals. But yeah, anyway, so that's yeah, that's I I, I a, long story short, I don't have any books on the calendar right now, um, but I have had pretty steadily this year, so I'm hoping to change that soon. Nice. I mean, it's getting to that weird point of the year where like the holidays are coming up. So unless you're doing like holiday covers, most places Mm -hmm. don't want to book you. And most uh, holiday parties aren't, they just want their standard covers. Mm -hmm. Like they're, they're not really bringing in original musicians, which is unfortunate, but. Um, I played a a Christmas show in Chicago years ago Mm -hmm. with this band that um, I would recommend to you if they were still together called big damn it. They were really fun. And uh, they were a Chicago band for years and uh, Mm -hmm. they did a holiday show every year. And the deal was every band had to learn two Christmas songs or Mm -hmm. holiday songs. Yeah. And you had to go over in advance who was doing what. So no one duplicated. So we did, 
um, Jingle Bell Rock, which okay. is really fun to play. And then um, the Chipmunks one called Christmas, oh. Christmas time is I just call it the Chipmunks Christmas song. And time for cheer. Anyway, it's the Alvin and the Chipmunks Christmas Carol. Um, yeah. Please. That, that's what I usually call it. So, yeah. Um, it's called, it might be called Christmas time is near. Yeah. That's on. That sounds about right. Yeah. That, that sounds about right. But bringing up Christmas, this is a perfect segue. You're welcome. Yes. This is a perfect segue. Anybody that is listening right now, yes, we're here to fundraise and donate. It's the donation links over here somewhere. I don't know. Hmm. My center of gravity is my, for me it's right here. Yep. There you go. That's that's right. Um, so, yes, it's important to donate and all that stuff. But if you're following us and you're active on Twitch, make sure you're following our Twitch page, because if we hit a thousand followers on Twitch, I'm going to torture myself and listen to 10 hours of Christmas music live on stream. Do you know why that's so appropriate for Waco? Uh, no, I that don't. That is one of the tactics that they used to try to get the Koreshians out of their compound. They've glassed them with Christmas music, yeah. Okay. I knew it was, <laughs> I didn't know it was Christmas music. I knew like just the stuff I've seen, I knew it was like yeah. dolphins getting murdered and all Well, I didn't know about that. Man, I didn't yeah, know that was my life, yeah. Yeah, it was a. Uh, it, it was a whole lot of stuff, but I didn't yeah. know about the Christmas music. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, in fairness, maybe maybe Christmas songs were just part of it, but I know mm-hmm. that, that definitely. I remember watching that on the news and being like, "Wow, they're trying to drown them out with Christmas carols." Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So I will if we hit a thousand followers on our Twitch stream, I will on Saturday. It'll probably be Saturday because tomorrow I'll need to sleep. But Saturday, I will sit here and listen to Christmas music for 10 hours straight. And you could just watch the mental, my mental decline. So, (laughs) but we do, we do just to kind of keep it on par with what we're doing here. We do have a goal of raising $10,000 by the end of tonight or by the end of tomorrow for you, I guess. I don't Mm -hmm. know. By about uh, 10 p.m. Uh, yes, by about 10 p.m. your local time. See, that, that's the other issue I've been having is trying to play the time zones with everyone because it's like I on all our flyers, I put it as my local time. Yeah. So like when I post it, it makes sense. And then everybody's like, well, we said this time, but your flyer yeah. says this time. I mean, I'm like, read the fine. No, you're pretty central says, on there. Yeah, I think you're doing yeah. a good job. And part so, of the global yeah. economy is having to adjust. You know, it's. Yeah. You know, we're creating a Google Calendar invite stuff can get tricky, too, because, you know, some someone could be like with their computer that's registered in one time zone, but they happen to be in another time zone that day and they create a meeting. I've, I've had that. Or I had a friend create a Facebook event um, for a show, actually, that I was playing. Yeah, that uh, it was. And suddenly I was like, does the show start at 5 p.m.? That's <laughs> really early. Uh, yeah. It turned out he was in New York when he made the Facebook event invite, even though he's yeah. in Palm Springs. Yeah, I had uh, somebody hit me up that's going to be on here in a couple of hours. She was like, all right, so it's 2 a- or 2.30 a.m. your time, which would be 12.30 a.m. my time because she's also based out of L.A. Mm-hmm. But she had to go to Tel Aviv for an emergency. Mm, that's hard. And I- I'm sitting there, I'm like, I don't even know what time zone that is. So you have these two points. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you kind of figure that one out yourself so yeah 
Hopefully, well, it's God right. bless you for uh, herding all of the cats that you had to herd to make this happen. It's a, uh, it was definitely a, uh, a fun adventure. I, <laughs> it was a lot easier than last year, though. Like I think this year, it's a good mix of new people and people, and new people that I've never met or people that I've wanted to have on the podcast mixed with people that I've had on the podcast before. So mm-hmm. it'll be. It'll be a good mix. I'm just slightly concerned about any potential gaps of people that just can't make it or Great forget. Yeah. Works for Andy Kaufman. He's a household name still. Yes. Yes, he Reason is. Reason the Great Gatsby. I, I, I probably should, but I'm not going to. <laughs> I have, I luckily, uh, Pancan's done really good about uh, loading me up with like placeholder videos. So I've got like, 40 oh. minute presentation videos that I could just kind of throw in as, and it also gives me a chance to get up, stretch my legs, go to the bathroom, eat, you know, all that fun stuff. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun. Um, so new single dropping little less than two weeks. That's exciting. I was recording oh, today also. Oh, nice. For 2023. Yes. I'm I'm trying to put together a demo EP to take around to small labels to try to part. I've never done anything with a label. Everything I've done has been indie and I, I'm putting out this single, which I'm very excited about, but I feel like the next thing I'm going to try is uh, shopping around an EP, um, mm-hmm. see if I can get on a smaller label and try to get a little bit more eyeballs on it or earballs, I guess. Yeah. Um, so uh, we started recording for that today, which was really fun. Nice. And what's kind of, or how, so as let's talk about that for a little bit, yeah. uh, going into the song selection for this yeah. EP, were these songs that you'd already written or are they songs yeah. that, you know, you're like, okay, let's do this specifically for this project. So both. Uh, okay. Because a hard, a problem I have sometimes can be, um, trying to make things sound cohesive in that as you'll hear when you hear he's a bitch you'll realize it's different from this fantastic nightmare which was the song that i had just put out when you had me on before um i mean it's all it's all still guitar based pop rock right it's not like i'm doing something operatic and then something mechanical um but a problem i can have is like i have this one song i played for the my friend bailey is um helping to record and, and, and produce this. And I played for him a couple songs today. And one that I really like, which lyrically fits what I'm doing, uh, which is singing very much from my like uh, gay male experience about relationships with men um, of various kinds. And then also kind of commenting on the gay male scene that I've been in for so long. Um, it's, you, you know, uh, lyrically it fits that, but I was concerned that sonically it sounds like too country, which mm. is not really a thing I'm trying to do. But um, so that, that, that particular song, the jury is out on if it's going to get recorded. But but that the 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 thing that I have to find or that I'm trying to keep in mind for this one in particular is making the songs all live in the same world acoustically. Mm. Yeah. You know, because that's a problem. But I mean, I, I used to do it. I used to really enjoy. Um, making things very different. Like if you if you've heard my EP Fun Size, um, each of those five songs is very different, which I was very proud of. But now I'm thinking I, I I'd kind of really just like to get a little bit more focused, um, you know, uh, sonically. So it's kind of um, alternative rock. I think is kind of mm-hmm. the 
the genre or we'll see. It'll definitely have at least one acoustic song on it though. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I mean, even like living, even bringing in that acoustic music, it could still live in the alternative rock oh, yeah. scene. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That's even hard. Cool. I mean, there's always room for an acoustic ballad, right? Every rose yeah. has its thorn. Yep. 100%. <laughs> I, I'm um, totally sidetracking you here because I'm, I have a soft spot for like hair metal and hair metal ballads. I don't live in that world, but mm. uh, I definitely. So I'm, I'm wondering, do you have a guilty pleasure like, uh, you know, monsters of rock ballad, but like every rose has its thorn or anything like that. Not like all the rock music and stuff that I listen to, listen to is pretty on par. Like I get like to kind of answer that specific questions. I've really been into a d- indigenous heavy metal. Indigenous like, to like America. No, just to like whatever native country. Like, so for instance, have you heard of the band, the who, well, not the who, but the who, the Mongolian death metal band? No. So there's a Mongolian death metal band called the who, except it's spelled uh, H-U, not W-H-O. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they were really big, prob- like right before the pandemic, like 2017, 18, 19, they started kind of emerging on the scene and they became um like internet sensations and then right before the pandemic they started touring america and then the pandemic kind of hit Mm -hmm. um so after i listened to them for a bit i started exploring this idea of more indigenous music so basically or indigenous uh, heavy metal music so basically incorporating like native instruments into an already pretty heavy genre so mm-hmm. like there's this band out of australia um called alien weaponry and they're a mm-hmm. uh a an aboriginal it sounds like uh, it could be a history channel show by the yeah. way oh yeah 100 percent. but they're an mm-hmm. aboriginal uh death metal band okay really good um there's a band called Havamal, which is a Nordic heavy metal band. So it's a lot very like ancestral drum heavy. And then I found like a pirate heavy metal band. And that one's just like a bunch of sea shanties that are like nice. crank. Yeah. So just like that sort of stuff I've really been into. But just musically in general, my guilty pleasure, um, Miley Cyrus. Really? Yes. See, see now, if you were gay, you would not have to feel guilty about that. That's just. I don't feel. See, okay. So the the reason that Miley Cyrus became a thing when I was in college, as like the song to get us amped up to go out to the bars, get drunk, and pull women, we'd listen to "Party in the USA." Mm-hmm. So just imagine six to ten college aged guys drunk off their ass already listening to party in the usa to get themselves amped to go to the uh, bars yeah so i you know who i think toured with her it might have been like her tour her musical director on tour is um stacy jones from american hi-fi and uh baruch assault and um what was he in before that letters to cleo do you remember him those do you remember those bands at all uh american hi-fi flavor of the week a little bit but not yeah, uh, well, I was playing one night, like whatever happened to online and American Hi-Fi had like uh, Flavor of the Week was their big hit in like probably 2003 or something. Okay. Uh, yeah. But then well, last I checked on him, he was uh, 
drumming, I think, and like music managing uh, Miley Cyrus's tour. That's that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that yeah, actually so that, way more excited to go see Miley Cyrus. Yeah, it, it's just one of those things where not like it was funny and um, a guilty pleasure back in the day when she was still very much Disney Miley Cyrus. When she was Hannah Montana. Yeah, when she yeah. was Hannah Montana. But now that she's kind of gone through her hoe phase and now she's kind of like a serious rocker and kind of doing the uh, Joan Jett thing. Um, I don't think it's as much of a guilty pleasure. I I saw her cover Doll Parts by Hole Mm. on the Howard Stern show. Mm. I'm pretty sure that is on YouTube, and that was great. Yeah. I remember being like, wow, that's cool. Yeah. Um, So I'm going to flip it back to you. You said Every Rose Has Its Thorn is kind of your guilty pleasure. Well, not not that song in particular. I would say hair metal is a guilty pleasure. I still, I I go through phases where I listen to it and don't. Um, Hmm. You know, um, uh, God, how did we even get on this? I don't remember, but it's okay. You brought Uh, it up, so. Oh, for sure I did. Yeah, no, I I don't remember the things that come out of my mouth. Um, (laughs) I would say the kind, yeah, I would say a music, a genre that I would say is just often kind of regarded as uncool that I still like is, is hair metal. Um, I, I haven't been listening to it for a bit, but, um, I was, uh, you know, listening to Vixen, um, and, um, uh, Warrant, Mm. you know, um, definitely Motley Crue, although I feel like they kind of are beyond just hair metal, uh, that I, they're, you know, they're kind of their own category or, Mm. I don't know. Just they're they're more than hair metal for sure, but yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's sort of the genre of music that people are talking about stuff that you still dig. That's the one where people are like, ah. yeah. <laughs> if if you want a band that's kind of a modern day hair metal band, mm-hmm. well, at least the lead singer is. He's kind of got that Jerry Curl long hair uh, mullet thing going. Like it, it's like, whatever it was in the eighties that would classify it as a. Mm-hmm. big hairdo uh there's a i believe they are out of boise idaho and what are they um, called they're called powerhouse powerhouse that definitely sounds like a hair metal name yeah and yeah. like just listening to all their music it's like this sounds like it came straight out of the 80s like yeah. just <laughs> the big guitar riff more modern production value yes 100 percent. so well there's no hair metal unfortunately on my ep but um yeah so back to to answer the question that you were saying though uh it's a combination of songs that have been written and then i will probably write at least one during this process that will end up on it Um, because that's how it goes you just kind of start you know Um, it's what is it four songs right now and then maybe it'll jump to five i think probably it'll be five yeah okay yeah because it's one of those things where you get into the process of recording and then you start realizing the gaps that are in the ep as far as like just musically and it's like oh we need a song that covers this whatever this is oh no i don't know there you go. We're back. All right. Oh, okay. I don't know. You were gone. Like you just froze and went away. So you're back now. 
<laughs> guest number two. No, I'm just I'm having too much fun with this little light changer. That's funny. Uh, yeah. But oh, uh, so yeah, you'll you'll jump in with four songs, and then and if it the mood strikes you, you feel it'll be five. That that sounds about right. Yeah, but um, what I was what I was saying is something that I that I have to focus on is not writing about the same subjects mm-hmm. over and over. Um, because I tend, I've noticed that I do that. I kind of had to realize that, like, oh wow, I have another song that's like I'm angry because I was dumped or whatever, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, I got you. I need a song about how happy I am that I was getting dumped or making someone else angry for dumping them. I mean, there's all all kinds of few things. Take take the uh, Taylor Swift uh, angry at the person that I broke up with and flip it on its head, and that <laughs> you're happy you broke up with them. Something like that. Yeah, that's fair. Very fair. Um, so we've got about seven minutes before the next guest jumps in. I'm frantically trying to find this random question generator. I don't know. Did we play rapid fire randomness last time? No, you were but on? I love this idea. Okay, I'll, where's... I'll um I'll fill while you while you find that. So um, let's see. I wish I had my copy of The Great Gatsby. Oh, here it is. There we okay, go. Okay, got it. I was sitting here. I was like. I was looking for a bright yellow app, but it was black, and I was just like, I don't know where this thing is. All right. So, if you're ready, we're going to play a little rapid-fire randomness. I'm ready. All right. What is your favorite animal? Oh, um, I like um, uh, marmosets. What is the last app you had open on your phone? Oh, this is so boring, but Instagram. That's fair. What does your me time look like? Oh, God. Um, walking along the beach, which sounds like a pat answer, but is accurate. Mm-hmm. Fair. Um, what is something that always gives you peace of mind? Uh, little children screaming. Oh, dark. peace of mind. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> What's something that always gives me peace of mind? I don't know. My bad. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, what action? Uh, what action do you or will you do to best love any potential future children that you have? Uh trick or treat with them. Fair. Because I just did that with my uh, back at Halloween uh, with my niece and nephew who are small and. I've done that every year with them for the past like four years and it's magic. Love it. Love it. Love it. It's like my favorite yeah. night. Yeah. I, that's one thing I look forward to, to any potential kids I ever have is trick or treating with them. Yeah. That's yeah. because of the candy is the only reason that's the only, yeah. that, that, that's I'm talking about free candy, dude. Yes. Free candy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Especially here in Texas, there's, communities where it's like a huge event and not they're not just giving out like the little fun size snickers they're giving out like big honking fatty boy snickers yes like regular size snickers you can get at the store like oh yeah that's it's wild in texas so um if you could open any restaurant what kind of restaurant would it be it would be a coffee shop i live in coffee shops and i enjoy them i i yeah what brings out your positivity um what brings up my positivity oh um lovely weather i'm reactive to the weather so when it's when it's a really nice day which we have often here in southern california which i love makes me very happy who is your most admirable historical figure oh god that's a hard one um 
Ooh, well, uh, God. Oh my God, this is the kind of thing where I want to be able to sit and think about it. Historical figure? I mean, you know, like the Abraham Lincolns and all of them come to mind. Oh, you know what? I'll say, um, I'll say uh, Ben Franklin, because he was, uh, you know, he did a lot, you know, like with the fight with the electricity. And I think he invented daylight savings time, probably didn't want to live that one down. But he was like a politician and, a, you know, scientist. And I, I always like people who wear multiple hats successfully. Yeah, no, 100%. I can't believe I just answered Benjamin Franklin. Yeah, it, it works though. It plays. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna re, to regret that one, but that's who comes to mind. That's fair. What is the key to making the perfect pizza? Um, I think it's the cheese. You got to have a, a good quality cheese. It can't be a che- cheap cheeses are oily. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they make your pizza oily and then you don't really get the flavor of the ingredients because you're just eating the oil. Yeah. And then zits. Yeah. That's, I was going to say the sauce, because if you don't have the, if you don't have good sauce, then it, it's kind of pointless. It's mm-hmm. uh, it, for me, it makes or breaks the, yeah. Break okay. the entire pizza. Right. Do you do that thing where, like, when you order from Domino's or whatever, and you can get like barbecue sauce? No, as no, no, no. Sauce? Yeah. What? Who invented? I did. It, it wasn't did, Benjamin Franklin. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I did that on accident once when I, I so I was ordering a pizza, like pizza has those dinner boxes or whatever for like 10, 10 12 mm-hmm. bucks, whatever it is. You can get a medium pizza mm-hmm. and breadsticks and all that stuff. And I was like, okay, cool. And for whatever reason, my app malfunctioned because well, I ordered it off the Pizza Hut app, and it uh for whatever reason put uh garlic parmesan sauce or something like some really weird thing on there and i'm I'm sitting there i open it up and i take a bite i'm like what is this and i look at the slip and it says it and i'm like this isn't what i ordered i ordered just a pepperoni pizza and i go back into my app and i'm like what the hell and it says like the what i have on the app versus what's on the thing are exactly the same or on the receipt and i'm like all right well i just spent 12 bucks on a pizza that i can't stand so i did the same thing one time but i ordered the pizza with no cheese totally by accident because i was misusing the app (laughs) that's gross yeah like i mean i could get through the the white sauce like that was okay but no cheese nah i i don't no, no, yeah no. it's not this not is back fun. when i was i was really drunk at the time this is back when i was still drinking in chicago that's right. as one that's does right. that's right uh how many times have you spent more than 200 bucks at a restaurant oh not a lot oh maybe definitely once took my grandma to this shishi place called Everest in Chicago one time. And it was like $300. This was like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, ugh, that might be the only time I've spent more than 200. Yeah. I went yeah. to a place in, or in the South suburbs called, uh, of Chicago called Bogarts. And it's like this really fan. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to say fancy steakhouse, but when you're pulling it's Joliet you know, fancy, yeah, it's like Juliet fancy, but like the steak was really good. Um, really good. And so we went there and like there were six of us and we ended up spending like $1,300 on steak. And it was, yeah, it was, it was rough. Well, you can take me next time you feel like spending that much. Oh, no. The only reason we did it was because, so when I was in Chicago, I was a very uh, constant, I bowled a lot. That was my thing. And so we did this thing 
uh, every bowling season, this one team that I had, where uh, if you missed it, like basically there were certain things that you had to do to like throw money in the pot. So like if you didn't strike, didn't throw a strike, you had to throw a nickel in. But if you didn't pick up the spare, you had to throw a diamond. So mm. basically every game it was like you're throwing in like 85 cents or what, you know, like whatever mm. it is. And so by the end of the year, we had a pot of like a thousand dollars, and Whoa. it was always, it was always one of those things where it was just kind of like, "Hey, we're gonna go uh, to steak, buy ourselves a very nice steak dinner." So yeah. Well, it's almost an incentive not to become a better bowler. Yeah, and that's kind of the point. Like we had one guy that was so good, and he, like, we ended up basically just buying his steak dinner, and he, he was just like, "Hey," and I'm like, "All right, fine, fair." So. But anyways, so that was rapid fire randomness. I really appreciate you for jumping on here and chatting a little bit. Um, I'm so flattered that you included me and I, I'm happy to be your first guest. Yes. Maybe it, only up and up from here. Yes. It's going to be fun. It's going to be amazing. I'm glad you joined us. Um, for anybody that wants to uh, check out your music or the new single when it drops, where's the best place to find it um just uh homer mars mars has two r's so i am not bruno's brother um but just homer mars on spotify on apple music on youtube all that jazz on instagram um homer mars music on facebook whatever your favorite app is fair awesome well once again thank you so much for joining us we just had our second guest jump in so we have uh the immigrants coming up next and uh gonna play a little uh russian or not russian roulette that'd be very bad uh we're gonna play a little roulette with the guests and swap out homer for the immigrants bye thanks for having me yep absolutely thank you